technology and education, friend or foe. Parents often fear smartphones in the hands of their children, but we hear the same parents championing technology in the classrooms for their children to be real world ready. But what is the right balance? Well, my guest today, Martin Cothran, tackles this issue head on in this episode of Basecamp Live. Mountains, we all face them as we seek to influence the next generation. Get equipped to conquer the challenges, summit the peak, and shape exceptionally thoughtful, compassionate, and flourishing human beings. We call it ancient future education for raising the next generation. Welcome to Basecamp Live. Now your host, Davies Owens. So Kelly, I've noticed a contradiction, uh, it seems like in the world of technology and parenting and life, which is that most families, I think, are pretty aware that, that whole the whole smartphone technology thing is, is really a problem. Oh, absolutely. We all see it with our kids and I we're mean, all worried about it. Yeah, and if there's a parent out there that's thinking it's a good idea to give your fourth grader a smartphone, <laughs> we probably have an episode you should listen to. But I, but ironically, what I think is is, is happening is that yet we say that and yet we go look at schools that we're going to pick for our kids and we base the value of that school uh, along the lines of how much technology the school is using. Well, I, I can remember this when people are coming out of law school, right? Picking the college, the law school they're going to go yeah. to or the college they're going to go to. Look at all the amazing technology they have. Look at the yeah. advanced graphics. Look at the wonderful screens on the wall. Yeah, so and there's it, a disconnect yeah, for sure. Well, well, our guest today, Martin Cothran, hits this head on. Uh, he calls it the siren song of educational technology that there is for sure some real value in having uh, our kids exposed to technology. We don't want them, they're not Luddites. They don't need to be right. always riding on papyrus. At the same time, just because that school has a smart board or every kid has access to a Chromebook does not mean necessarily the education is better or that it should have that to begin with. Yeah, and it's good to hear from him because he can really kind of flesh it out and distinguish yeah. what is it we're concerned about yeah. and what's, what's, just, what's just icing on the cake and what's the real substance. Exactly. So let's jump in and hear this interview with Martin Cothran, amazing individual who you're going to find that's been a part of this movement for many years and has a great understanding of classical Christian education. Let's go to the interview. Welcome to Basecamp Live. Davies Owen sitting here with Martin Cothran. How are you, Martin? I'm great. You've been at this classical thing for a while. It seems that way. <laughs> yes, it does. Editor of the Classical Teacher Magazine, uh, quarterly periodical for parents and professional educators uh, by Memoria Press. Mm -hmm. Very involved there. Tell, how long have you been? What's, I am curious. How long have you been sort of in this classical thing? Well, I've been in since the mid-early 90s. Um, and, and it, it really was a result, uh, initially I think a lot of us are this way, we, we, we see a problem with the, the present thing that's being offered out there and yep. we go try to do something better. So I founded, co-founded um, Mars Hill Lexington okay. in Kentucky uh, in 94. And then I came on with Memorial Press in 98. Wow. Uh, we started the school, uh, Highlands Latin School in Louisville, Kentucky, yep. Yep. And, the, uh, and the press. And then uh, we started the magazine, uh, Classical Teacher, which you mentioned, in yeah. Yeah. about 2003. I mean, so again, in, the, in this movement, I mean, if you kind of put a stake in the ground and say Dorothy Sayers in 1947 kind of wrote the article, and it was about 40 years later, people kind of went, ooh, we should try this, which is kind of 80s. So, I mean, you're definitely one of the early adopters jumping in and and pioneering through this, which is huge to me. Yes, and uh, I worked with I worked for Cheryl Lowe, who is our publisher yeah. and headmistress, who is really the, the brains behind the operation. Right. 
And she was at that very first ACCS meeting that was held in wow. Moscow, Idaho, uh, which was, I think, the very first, first thing. Ever. Yeah. yeah. So we yeah. were, as a, as a company, we were we were there were, at the at the origin. Right. Yeah. So you've got a great perspective of the. I mean, to look at it today, I mean, it is amazing to see the just the momentum that's continuing to build. That it, you guys it is amazing, and I think it's bigger than most of us realize. I think that's exactly. Uh, it, it is it is big and it is growing. Yeah, it is the I think most important development in education and possibly our culture. I think in the last um, generation. I, I really. agree. Yeah, and and from the standpoint, I as I travel around and meet with different schools, I mean, Memorial Press is very well regarded, and you're I mean, you guys have been at it for a long time. You've got great resources, and so just again to be able to see where you began and where you are now, you've got an advantage point that many don't have who are brand new in the movement. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's 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 and it's interesting to look back on. I mean, <laughs> at, at, at one and the same time, you you think, well, we've been we've been here since the beginning, and and but we know a lot more now. All of right. us, I think, <laughs> what we're doing, we we yeah. sort of had to feel our way along right. and and read a lot yeah. and go back. Yeah, we're we're trying to push things forward, but in order to push things forward, you have to look back to see right. where it was you came from and what it was we were doing when things were not. Uh, yeah. as bad as they are now educationally. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, there's, there's I think there's probably like four podcasts we could do here. We've got, well, I want to jump into this topic around educational technology because speaking of changes, I mean, when you began, um, that was, I, it wasn't pre-internet, but it was pretty close to uh, World Wide Web was just starting to become a reality and doing anything online other than maybe emailing was, was probably not on anybody's mind. And yet today, technology obviously the tail that wags every dog right now. Sure. Well, anything about 94 is about, you know, I think that was just as the internet was coming. That was when Al Gore invented it. That was when Al Gore invented it. (laughs) Yes, I remember Uh, that. And and so it really has changed. And we're going to be talking about technology, but I I founded our, uh, the Memorial Press's online classical academy as well. And when we first started that, it was, we had to use the, the only technology that was really reliable at the time was text chats. So we were actually. <laughs> I thought you were going to say fax machine. Like we're going to no, fax you your no, assignment. Yet. No. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I go back before the fax machine. I was, I was doing. Uh, people forget the telex. There was a right. little oh, period yeah, yeah. in there. And I was, right. the te- I was headed the little telex department for a bank. Are you really? I'm, I go. I go way back. You guys, so, so you are clearly capable of talking about educational technology. You've seen yes, it I was all. there at the invention of I, the wheel. That I, is amazing, Martin. Like I said, you've been at this a long time, so you don't look it, but you've been, yeah, it's all good. So let's talk about technology because I think this is a thing we get conflicted on. Again, it is sort of the god of our age. We all think that you know a lot of schools out there actually. Supposed, you know, if you not classical necessarily, but if you sign your kid up with every tuition, you get an iPad, and it's just sort of the the air we breathe. And yet, it's got some poisons in the air. I think that we might want to be aware of. So, what have you? Maybe just what are the latest trends you're seeing in educational technology? Well, I think uh, the general trend is ignorance. Uh, what I'm, and what I mean by that is, we don't know why we're doing it. Right. If you, I, I was, I was at a meeting of. Um, some education leaders in Kentucky who are who are getting together to talk about uh, school choice legislation, and there was a, a superintendent of a of a private school system who came up to me and said, "said Martin, good to see you. Hey, I, we just got this grant for iPads for all the kids, <laughs> and I'm, I'm I'm sitting there trying to to not <laughs> react say to, things obviously. I should say. Yeah, and uh, but I, it that's not a good thing, right? And and he doesn't know why it would be a good thing, right? 
so uh, this this is the thing. the thing. We think that we can just throw technology at sure. our problems indiscriminately. Yeah. And in large part, it doesn't work. And in many cases, it makes things worse. The book, I remember a number of years ago, Todd Oppenheimer wrote a book called The Flickering Mind. Maybe you've seen it. But it's it's he was a guy who early on was in the app, I think worked for Apple as a sales guy. But just watching that uh, legislation and the pushing on the part of technology companies to convince legislators and eventually schools that this was the panacea to fix everything. And so we all, we've all kind of, so I think on the one hand, probably most of our listeners are, in, you know, are cautious and aware that there are problems with it, but I don't know that we understand how easily it seeps in. And it's not that all technology is bad, but, but talk a little bit more about what are the concerns that you're seeing? I mean, why, why would it be bad for every kid to have an iPad? It seems like that's. Well, uh, there's a lot of reasons. I, I would say that, um, that a lot of it just has to do with distraction. Um, a, a computer screen is a very protean thing, and it, it changes and can change at the, at, the, at the blink of a moment of consciousness. As a, you hit another button, and you're, you know, part of, I, I think, our, our problems as modern people trying to think is that we have this Windows mentality, and we've got all these windows open at the same time, and we only have a certain amount of RAM memory, and eventually that starts to degrade the performance. And then we have to do Control-Alt-Delete, and it and, doesn't... <laughs> yeah, Control-Alt-Delete to ourselves. start deleting these things that we have. Yeah. And, and that, that's, um, you know, and I don't like to quote a lot of studies on this, but, but there was one that had an interesting finding, which was that if the student is self-disciplined then an iPad could help. But most students are not self-disciplined. Yeah. And it actually hurts. Uh, there's too many other options there. When you have a book in front of you, there's only one option. Yeah. And that's the option you want them to do anyway. So yeah. why would you want yeah. to give them other options? My son is uh, we're looking at colleges for him. And as we visited even some very you know, more Christian colleges around, I'm amazed, especially in the college environment, where you walk in, walk past a, a classroom, and every kid is on a laptop or device. And I'm thinking, how in the insulting to that teacher up front. Yeah, well, one of the agendas here, and this is yeah. an ex explicit agenda, is to get rid of teachers. Mm. Um, Larry Cuban talks about this in his, in his book, um, uh, Oversold, and, uh, Oversold and Underused. And he says that, and he's a progressive, so he, really the opposite of what we're doing, and he says, you know, that he's disappointed that it hasn't done more of this. Hmm. And he's, he's writing a little early. He hasn't seen the rise of, like, the Chromebooks as, as a big thing uh, for, for students where you, where you have a classroom of kids. They're all on Chromebooks, and the teacher's just sort of uh, monitoring the situation. It destroys teaching, yeah. and this is what they want to do with it because what does a teacher do? A teacher is, is, a, is, a, is, a, ret, is a rhetor in the ancient sense. A teacher is there um, to to help the child develop and they do it through their own ethos, their own character. I'm just going back to Aristotle's rhetoric here. Yeah. Uh, their own character, which, which is ethos, the, 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 um, how organized they are and how well they present the material, which is the logos of teaching, and then the pathos of teaching mm -hmm. to inspire them. Well, those are the three things a teacher has to do. A computer can only do one of one them of really which right. is which is logos and it certainly can't inspire you know you don't you don't have you don't have uh, you hear students i've heard students young students particularly say you know i want to be just like mrs so-and-so when i grow up nobody says i want to be just like a chromebook when i grow up <laughs> well, at least we hope not 
Um, you know, it's, it's, it is, I mean, but ultimately, Martin, behind it all, it's just, it's this base idea that we are masters of our own destiny, of our own universe. It's hyper-individualism. So why would you want a teacher? A teacher is just, an, you know, it's the guide on the side. Or and what I'm seeing and more and more, we were at a school choice event a year or so ago in Boise and, you know, in a room with tables set up representing all these other schools. And there were several schools that were brand new, and their entire model was student-led education. So that seems to be fits right into this technology. Of course, yeah, if you're going to basically figure out your own education, let the computer teach you. Yeah, it fits hand in glove with this uh, permissivist, permissivist yeah. progressivism that, that, has, Everybody's that right. has controlled education for about 100 years. But you said a minute ago you were referencing even some of the progressives are starting to notice Look, technology is not, uh, it, it has a dark side to it. I mean, in, in, you know, I can't quote specifics, but I do know there are schools in Silicon Valley world, I mean, the purveyors of leading edge technology saying we're not putting our kids in a school that's led by a computer. We, we know that this is not mm-hmm. a, uh, ultimately a now successful... You have, you have the leaders of, of some of these tech companies sending their kids to the Waldorf School, right. which advertises that they don't have any computers. Right. Right. Yeah, and, it and, seems and, counterintuitive if it's supposed to be so great. Right, and yeah. how, they, how they handle their own children. Yeah. They don't let them have the technology right. that they sell to everybody else, right. telling them that it's good for their children. Yeah, that's... That should raise some flags, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking before about Neil Postman. What, tell me, you had, and I, I want to hear you, you had, he was part of a, uh, a a significant individual as far as influencers in your mind. In oh, work. yeah. A Postman, of course, wrote um, Amusing Ourselves to Death. and But he wrote a book that is equally as classic, I think, which is called Technopoly. Yeah. And it, this comes out in 93, 94, right around that, before the Internet. He didn't even know about the Internet, and yet the observations he made were just tailor-made for the Internet age. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, you know, he talks a little, little about, you know, goes, goes back to Plato uh, in the Phaedrus when there's a discussion about te- the, the, the education technology of that time, the new education, which was writing. Yeah. Uh, and, how, and how the, the consequences even that can have. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. In terms of outsourcing knowledge, yep. you know, we don't you don't help your memory by do, you out you 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 actually outsource it in a certain way by writing something down. I mean, it would, and you know that's a relatively uh, modest thing, uh, and and something of course we uh, you know I'm making notes to myself all the time because I I'm I'm, I'm older now. You know, your, your RAM memory. I'm my RAM memory, <laughs> and um and and then it 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 uh, it detracts from from wisdom. Mm-hmm. Gives you the the patina of wisdom, but not the, not the reality. And then he goes on to make a lot of other observations about how we are informing ourselves to death. I love at the beginning of that book. I remember he talks about even when the telegraph came into existence, you'd have small towns that basically their their minds were only consumed in the news within that small town. But when the telegraph came, now all of a sudden they're discovering there was a hotel fire in New York, and they're in Kansas, and now everybody's a buzz about what's going on in New York. And on the one hand, well, that's good, they got news, but you can see ultimately where we are today, where there's just, we are literally overwhelmed to mm-hmm. death with this distraction. So yes. again, that, that's and, a, it based mm-hmm. what you're saying. And before that, you did, there's a great book by Paulette Giles of <laughs> historical fiction uh, called The News of the World, and it's about a man who went around in the 19th century and read the news, and he would collect the papers when he was in these towns, and he would ride out and then yeah. charge 10, 10 cents a person, <laughs> and he would read the news. Uh, and yeah. there's something a little, you know, organic and romantic <laughs> about that. It I is, mean. right. <laughs> Gather around the tree, children, yeah. while we read the news. Yes. Yeah, and unfortunately now there's no stops at all. So let's get so educational technology. I want, we're going to take a break and come back and get really practical with this. But I want to understand. I mean, the 
I think for most classical Christian schools, maybe we even, I, I think it's easier to fall on the other side of the ditch. I know schools that don't teach typing, they are, there's, there's almost no regard at all for being in a technology world. Mm-hmm. So how do you, I want to figure out how you find that balance. I mean, it, do you have questions you ask to kind of, are there filters we should be asking ourselves? Have well, we too far? when a parent comes to our school and says, um, do, you, do you teach them PowerPoint? Do you teach them? No. I mean, we <laughs> yeah. do, the only thing I've, we really do is teach that they, they have to hand in papers and they have to be typed and they're usually yeah. done on a computer and, and they've got to learn how to source in, in yeah. Office Word or whatever that right. is. So we teach them how to do that properly. That's fine. But, but what parents don't understand is that schools are the worst place to get a, a good, uh, good training in technology. Right. The kids know more than the adults do. Right. Uh, so uh, this is several years ago now, but uh, I, a friend of um, a young, young man at church, a, a child, uh, son of a friend of ours, uh, he was 13 years old at, at, the, at the local county school he was running the IT because they didn't <laughs> have anybody. As a, yeah, so, right. I mean, actually, kids know a whole lot more yeah. about the practical applications of, te- of technology that you use every day right. than, than most adults yeah. do. And the truth is we're going to be insisting they use PowerPoint, and they're already off using the Google yeah, that, version of whatever. I mean, it's right. just you're, we're chasing right. deep up. So. Well, Mario, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back and talk more about educational technology. Hey, Kelly, it's a break here in the middle of our Basecamp Live podcast, and I just want to take a moment and convey to everyone listening how much I appreciate hearing from people out there. It really is encouraging to know who's listening and where and what state of the world they are with regard to classical education. It is hugely encouraging. It is. I mean, I don't mind just talking to you, but it is good to hear from other people. So thank you for all of you who have taken just a moment and dropped us an email, info at basecamplive.com. Some of you are emailing just to say um, hello, which is great. Some of you are... Um, telling your stories. And that's really a blessing to us. A lot of you who just say, I want to tell you my story personally, or as our school is transitioning to classical Christian, we want to know what's happening in your world. Um, for some of you, it'd be great to get you on the Climber series, but it's a, I'm humbled. I mean, literally, we are getting emails. Got one just last week from a classical Christian school in North Africa. I'm not even allowed to say where because they're in a pretty mm. challenging environment, mm. but blessings to these guys. They looked all around at various forms of education and said, this is what mm. we need to do to affect change for Christ in this part of the world. Well, and, and again, the whole notion of base camp, right, is we're getting together. We're, you know, kind of stocking, taking stock and figuring out what we can do to help each other out. There's a couple conferences this summer you're going to be yep. at. There's some more opportunities there. Yeah, we're going to be on the road. If you're attending the ACCS conference, uh, please join us. We're going to have an entire stage set up. Kelly, you're going to be there with me. We're going to literally, we've never done this before. It's going to be just like a rolling live. We're going to have a live audience. I don't know, we'll probably do a dozen podcasts. So wow. it will be a lot of great interaction uh, there at the conference, and then we'll be at the SCL conference in Austin this summer, so getting around these great gatherings of classical Christian folks. But please drop us an email. We'd love to hear your story, and we'd love to uh, be of support to you. I'm increasingly doing more and more just consulting and coming alongside schools, so uh, reach out to us, info at basecamplive.com. Welcome back here with Martin Cotham talking about educational technologies. Martin, let's get let's get into the basics and the practicals of this. Um, talk about just how do we how do we discern and use technology wisely? What is it, what are the best ways to come at it? Well, for an educator, there's generally speaking three ways you can use technology, and they all involve different considerations. The first is just for for administrative purposes, for record keeping, for grades. That's there's. You know, yeah. That's not that's not yeah. really a problem. It's 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 tailor made for that. 
The second is as instructional technology. You may need a PowerPoint or whatever other similar software you, to make present a presentation yeah. in your classroom. Uh, that can fre- frequently be used effectively, although, um, you know, I'm a speaker and, and I, I, I travel a lot and, and I almost never use a PowerPoint because one of the things you're doing is you, you, you are, you've got two centers of focus. Yeah. And they can't do both at the same time. Yeah, so yeah. They, they, they may be looking at the screen. Now, you may want them to look at the screen, but if you, you've you got to do it very carefully. And so those of us who speak have this <laughs> little thing that we just kind of tell each other, you know, if, you, if the understanding is that the best way to do that is if you, if you do use that kind of stuff, three slides, yeah. four slides, five slides right. max. Yeah. And then they need to focus on right. the speaker. Yeah. Because cause <laughs> a, good, a good speech is an incantation. And you can't have that with a PowerPoint slide. You, yeah. you need them looking at you eye to eye you know, right. with eye contact. So, um, you know, so I, that's. I was going to illustrate that. I was recently uh, doing some consulting and observing in a school. Um, I won't say where it was, um, but but they had smart boards or uh, these you know tech basically high tech Prometheus type boards mm-hmm. in the room. And, and and not again. The tool is kind of neutral. The problem was the teacher in this case was a grammar school was literally sitting in a chair kind of tucked up underneath the board and was narrating what was on the screen and so again you've just lost the main voice in that room is that screen and and it was not the teacher which just plays back to the absolutely yeah yeah yeah. so that can be used badly but it can be used well but to be sensitive that because again i think and i think we can probably fall into the idea that this is the we need this eye candy to keep these these kids stimulated what you know the statistics unfortunately even our classical kids i call it the 301 problem they walk out of school at three o'clock and by 301 the smartphones are back up and so we feel Mm -hmm. like we've got to kind of quote speak their language Mm -hmm. but that's a a well yeah yeah, right right (laughs) Uh, my language is english and yeah yeah um (laughs) but um then the, the so then the third way that you can use technology in an education context is to um is to use it as learning technology. So you have the, the administrative stuff, yep. you have the, the instructional use of technology, and then you have this learning use by the student. This is where this is the iPad thing. You throw iPads at the problem, and um, and it, it's 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 very distracting. Uh, we we have this Windows mentality where we where we have a bunch of windows up at the same time. We you know, and that that is very distracting for a student. The I really think that. Um, that the the use of technology in that way contributes greatly to the to the ADHD crisis we're having right now and and all of us are really suffering from this because it's you know we've got our smartphones yep. and we want to check them all the time we we, we we have our laptops and we there's some technological thing that's always hearkening unto us and we we want to go go uh, answer that that siren song and and uh, and and so really that that kind of, that use of technology really does not lend itself to learning very much yeah. because you have to be focused and and that kind of learning technology detracts from focus yeah i imagine as you're saying that i'm having a vision of like trying to teach a kid and you put in front of them on their desk like a bowl of fruit loops and a bunch of snicker bars and somehow you're and don't eat everyone just pay attention to me right i mean really how long is that going to last yes. so and, and just to, the, i mean i know i was talking my daughter's in college and she's New St. Andrews, so it's not like this there, but, um, you know, a lot of kids today, again, I keep using the college reference, but it's all the way down into our high schools where the, the trendy thing is wear your hoodie, sneak the earbuds on, and actually be watching a Netflix show right in the middle of class. Mm-hmm. So. Well, my son was went yeah. to law school, okay, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. this about six years ago, 
And um, some professors at the school, about half of them allowed you to use laptops, about half of them banned them. And so he, and he said in the classes, he said, he said I, I sit in the back, and in the classes where they allowed them, you could just look around the room at yeah. the screens, and they're all playing solitaire. And these are the good students. I was going to say, at least it's not like something of war video game. Yeah, yeah, well, there was apparently a little of okay. that, too. Yeah. <laughs> World of Warcraft. Or whatever it is. Either way, it's 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 Fruit Loops in World front of your kids. Why would you do World that? World of yeah. Warcraft during torts. There you go. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> It'd be hard to be, especially, if, yeah. So that's a, that's for sure a problem. So what, so what did... Um, Again, it's not all or none. This is the tension we have. I mean, our school has has Chromebooks, and their you know yearbook needs to use them, and that makes sense. And others don't. But I think so. Maybe talk a little bit more about just how do you know where you've crossed that line, and, and you've maybe uh, slipped into overuse of technology if you're teaching or. Well, you know, I always I have a simple rule for if we've educated a child well uh, up to whatever grade. But you know, in our school, you know, if if we can't if we graduate a child who can't sit in a quiet place and read a book and like it, <laughs> then we fail. That's a beautiful and simple I mean, filter to ask. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and and so I mean, it's been interesting with my kids because my they you know they're not on Facebook. They don't they yeah. don't do much social uh, media. They you know we text around a little bit when yeah. for practical reasons. But but they they're yeah. able to do that. Yeah. And, and I, I think that that there's very that's that's becoming rarer and rarer. So what's your opinion of? And again, we can control school life as much as we can. Obviously, again, back to the 301 problem. And and I know we often receive complaints about homework is killing us. Um, and if you really reverse engineer that, you find that the student. Yeah, they were doing their math, but they were also, their phone was sitting there right next to them, and they would do a math problem and ding, ding, check the phone and get distracted. And even, the, you know, it seems like the research is showing just the different quadrants of our brain get that get pulled in differently. So you're trying to focus on a math exercise, and now you've got this highly emotional infusion from the texting. So advice there, I mean, I can guess, like, don't do that. But, I mean, how do we balance? Because the home is a whole other world where mm-hmm. this education our yeah. education's being yeah well i mean we we found out real fast that when when uh, one of our sons particularly would say i'm going going i'm going upstairs to do my homework <laughs> the, the 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 correct answer to that was uh, no you're not um, <laughs> you're sitting right here at the dinner table mm. where i can see you i yep. want you totally focused i don't want you to, to focus yep. on anything else help them they are not able to do that yeah. and they are less able to do that now than they were when when i was raising my kids so i i I, th- I think it's just some simple rules of they. You need to be able to observe them directly doing their yeah, homework. But you, know, but you were saying earlier, Martin, that it, the truth is we do want them to use. I mean, every humanities, not every, but I mean, a lot of the homework assignments that our classical schools give out assumes they're going to be on the internet researching something or devising some project that legitimately needs to access that technology. Mm-hmm. So there's this sort of tension we 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 control it maybe more at school but at home and, and to your point about your son i mean there is an expectation that yeah you need to be researching that project mm-hmm. so again it sounds sure like and do it, do it uh, in the light of day i guess right and have yeah. the screen where everyone yeah. can see it and so that everyone know, you know the so the parent knows what the child is doing yeah. but you know the, this thing with you know putting the earbuds in and even listening to music or watch i mean you know my generation is watching tv while you did homework yeah it just doesn't work very well you need to teach them how to focus yeah. and that's that's one of the things they are learning that you need to teach them is how to focus and yeah. you you just detract from that if 
they can have you know all these other inputs coming in at the same time that they're yeah. supposed to be doing their homework. Yeah, it's totally true. And that and again, it's the stress at home is we're trying to manage why our child is upset about homework, and it, the reality is. They need to probably... Yeah, I had two yeah. hours of homework last night. Yeah. It would have taken you 45 minutes if yeah. you hadn't had all that other stuff right. coming in your But brain. the kids see it as that's all... They're, right. quote, doing their homework. Yeah. Again, like you watching your television show. So, yeah, other other advice, Martin, just practical things that we should be aware of, to your point initially in the interview, that we just... We don't often even know we don't know. We just sort of assume this is the air we breathe, and we forget that this is something we should really be cautious about. Well, let me just let me just lay down one basic principle. Yeah. I think that uh, that uh, there was there was an episode of Gilligan's Island. Uh, oh, speaking Gilligan. of televisions, and yeah, you I probably was watching. Yeah, I was probably doing my homework <laughs> when I saw it. Uh, uh, where the professor makes Gilligan an exercise bicycle. Uh-huh. And so Gilligan, as it turns out, has saved the life of this native girl from cannibals who had been visiting the island. And so she is so grateful to him. She, she's going to serve him for the rest of her life. She's going to, yeah. She will give her life for him. So uh, he shows up uh, one morning after this to uh, ride his exercise bicycle. And the native girl is riding the bicycle. And he says, what are you doing? And she says, she says I am exercising for you. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, there's two things that happened here. One was the professor making the exercise bicycle. That helped Gilligan. The, 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 there was technology that was developed to aid him to do what he needed to do, and it did that. Right. Uh, the, the, the native girl did not help him. She was replacing him. She was replacing him. So we, we have to ask the question with any piece of technology, is it aiding you or is it replacing you? And in, in terms of teacher technology, I think that just asking that question solves a lot of problems. They would just call that the Gilligan question? The Gilligan question, So yes, ask yes. the Gilligan question, yes. teachers and parents, before you the, proceed. The, the there Gilligan you, principle. There I you call go. It, yeah. Martin, that's excellent. <laughs> well, in, as we conclude, I, lo- I love to ask our guests just a question. Just what, why are you so passionate about classical Christian education? Well, I think it's, it's the only thing that's going to save our civilization, and it's going to save our civilization because it's the only educational method out there that wants to pass that civilization on. It's yeah. a very simple thing. <laughs> that's a great way to look. <laughs> you can be a barbarian, or you can be <laughs> well, civilized. Yeah, yeah uh, well, uh, the, 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 um, uh, the, the Vandals or the Athenians, yeah. and, and, yeah. And, and Neil Postman wrote a, there you uh, go. A, a graduation address he never gave called that, this is your choice with your children. Vandals or Greeks <laughs> uh, and you know, Athenians. Uh, so, yeah, I think, w- are we going to be civilized or are we not? This right. is a simple question in education. Yeah, and I don't think we, and that's worthy of a whole other podcast because I don't think that those lines are nearly as clear today. We think we can right. kind of dabble in our, we carry our barbarian clubs around, our mm-hmm. iPads, and mm-hmm. we don't realize we're somehow losing yeah. our civility. Technological barbarians. There we go. You should write that book. Okay. I just might. <laughs> well, Martin, thanks for being a part of Basecamp Live. If folks want to find out more about you and, and your, your many resources, where should they go? Uh, then go to memoriapress.com, and we've got all of our education resources there. We've got all the articles from past issues of our Classical Teacher magazine. They can, they can get that for free Great. four times a year. Uh, and and uh, we have people who I say, do you, do you have the magazine? They'll say, oh, I read it cover to cover. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we, the quality of the, of the articles is very high. It's a great resource. Very good. Well, Martin, thanks so much for being a part of this. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Basecamp Live. You know, raising the next generation of young people isn't easy, but we'd like to offer you some opportunities to join your fellow travelers in this journey of ancient future education. Hey, Kelly, you know what's really exciting? We just added to the website, basecamplive.com, a whole section that's uh, designed around getting the word out. It's called Start Here. If you're new, it tells you how to get fully subscribed to it. If you're a school leader, 
um, you can you can link on to your school website and kind of get updates every time we do a new show is released it appears on the school website that's kind of that's kind of exciting and, and one of the things that I'm really excited about is this new climbers idea that we're putting together. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about yeah, that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just simply, we want to hear stories. I mean, the, what, what I'm humbled by are the number of people literally around the globe who are saying there's a better way to raise the next generation and they're jumping in whatever their context is. And we want to know what you're doing and kind of how you discovered this. And we're just going to create some kind of smaller little vignettes of stories of people. And uh, so, yeah, info at basecamplive.com. Let us know what your story is. Yeah, we don't have to do this alone. Info at basecamplive.com. That sounds great. All right. Thanks for joining us and see you at the next episode.